With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back, finally, after a long, um, emotionally charged hiatus on the Anonymous Eagle podcast. I'm Patrick Leary. Uh, joined as always by Sam Newberry. Um, not going to be a very happy edition of the podcast today. Last time we came to you um, was just after Marquette lost to Villanova. Um, and we mostly uh, parsed that as a sort of blip on the radar. Obviously, it was representative of bigger flaws than we thought it was. And now we are here on the evening of March 10th, um, and Marquette has lost four games in a row. Uh, Marquette had lost four games all season before this four-game losing streak. Um, and, yeah, there's not a lot of silver linings to be taken from this stretch, um, where largely Marquette's offense has cratered and the expectations for a team that could have talked its way into a three seed, um, you know, just two weeks ago, is pretty much as, you know, lifeless as you can get for a former contender coming into the tournament now. Um, and it's not clear, um, you know, how Marquette will be evaluated on Selection Sunday. I actually think um, looking at bracket matrix for this team right now doesn't really isn't necessarily a super positive exercise because um, they are it's almost impossible to guess how the committee is going to evaluate a team that was so good for so long and now is just completely incapable of producing a victory Um, but yeah uh, we are in a very difficult spot as a fan base and Um, this team is not showing a lot of signs of life at the moment. Um, anyway, Sam, uh, tell me, uh, tell me your thoughts uh, on the state of the team right now as quickly and best as you can. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yes, that's a good Um, summary. It's just, it's, it's wild that we've seen them play the same game four times where they've looked like they were fine and in it, um, and you know, playing against Big East caliber teams, but it looked like they were fine. And then at some point, um, there was the tweet circling around where it's something stupid, like in the last five minutes of the past three games before the Georgetown loss, even, um, Mark had been outscored like 46 to five, um, in the last five minutes. It was something absurd like that. Um, and, it just like there's now like there's the switch that market we knew market had where they click on all cylinders and that's a really fun switch to flip but we now have found that they have this new switch which is you know pardon my french but dick around and do jack shit yeah um with 
regular consistency in the, at the end of the game and not know how to play offense at a high school basketball level at times. And it's just, it's so mind boggling because we've seen them be on that next level. We think they have, but you know, there's this too. Yeah. Four game, lo- four game losing streaks like this don't happen to really good teams. It's, it's like one thing went wrong and now everything is going wrong. Um, it's not really... Um, I mean, I have a theory and I'll save it um, for what I think is going wrong. Um, but it's a, they were winning so many games at the end um, earlier in the season, um, especially in that eight-game losing streak or winning streak excuse me that they stuck between the two St. John's games they were finishing those games with reliability it was you know whatever happened in the first 35 minutes Marquette would finish at the end and it it's gone it's gone completely awry I mean it's you can tell like now I mean especially the Seton Hall and the Georgetown games Although I thought the Georgetown one was a little less dire looking. But the Seton Hall ending especially, you could tell that the team just had no confidence in its ability to, you know, make shots to get it over the hump. And it's amazing because that's been their, their you know, defining feature all year is that they can screw around for 10 minutes at the start of every half, but they finish the game and they, you know, beat the teams they should beat. Um, and now it's just like, it's almost impossible to really, um, assess what this team is right now beyond just saying stuff like, oh, they're never going to win again because it's like, it feels like, yeah, it. It, it feels like that. And it's like, until you see them win again, it's like, it's not clear what exactly it's going to take to win. Like it's. I don't know how they – because the Georgetown game especially, you know, you can point to turnovers for much of the Villanova, Creighton, Seton Hall games. Um, but the Georgetown game, they only turned the ball over five times, which yeah. is, if not their best performance. I'm going to pull it up quick so I can tell. It feels like their it best performance. It feels like their best performance from a number standpoint. Uh, it was from a percentage standpoint. It was their best turnover percentage game of the season. And then for them to still lose, uh, now it was their worst. I believe it was their worst effective field goal percentage game of the season. Yeah. So well, and that explains it. But it, there's that, and then looking at it, it's sort of while it's not the turnover story. I mean, Ken Palm breaks down games into quarters, and in the final fourth quarters, the last ten minutes. Marquette was outscored by Georgetown 31 to 24. Yeah. So plus seven, plus or being minus seven, um, at the end of the game is miserable. Yeah. And well, um, like I think you raised a good point that like, like you said, we we've seen this team win these games. So why is it now that we're losing? You know, arguably, not even arguably, like the worst time to be losing games. Like oh this. yeah, definitely. Um. So. 
You know, hit hit me with some takes. I, I'm ready for the hot okay. takes. I'm just I'm just sad. So, so hit me with some I've takes. I've kind of developed this over the course of yesterday as I was trying to just kind of process what I think is wrong, um, and I think it it all stems from Marcus Howard, but not in not a not totally in a it's all his fault kind of way. Um, but in a just the the things that he normally does effectively um, do so much for the team, um, and those things haven't been being done in this stretch. Um, he had a you know volumey volumey shooting game yesterday uh, to the point where you know down the stretch. Um, he couldn't really be relied on um, as a consistent shooter just because he wasn't throwing anything in. Um, he has been in foul trouble a lot. Um, and in the other three games, he's had at least five turnovers. So if you really are trying to diagnose what are the primary things that are wrong with Marquette right now, I would say the two things are big turnover stretches, which obviously didn't show up yesterday, but came through in the other three losses in the streak. Um, and not being able to shoot at the end of games. Um, and that one definitely reared its head yesterday. And both of those things kind of go through Marcus Howard. Um, I Part of my theory about, you know, why it's not necessarily his fault is that wrist injury he suffered on uh, I believe that was a charge in the Villanova game late in the Villanova game um, was actually no it was a block because he went to shoot free throws after um, but my thought is that that was a more substantial injury uh, than we as a fan base are treating it as because I think you see him go to his wrist fairly often, fairly reliably, like three or four times a game right now, just to, you know, nurse his wrist a little bit, uh, which concerns me and could explain part of why he has either been super volumey with his shooting or super loose with his handle in recent games. Um, obviously, he only had six points against Seton Hall and five turnovers, so that's the worst, most extreme example of the bunch. But against Creighton, you know, he, he had t- six turnovers, and the whole team was being loose with the ball. And against Villanova, he had seven turnovers and was pretty volumey. So my thought is that the stuff that's been going wrong relates directly to how Marcus Howard has not been playing well as well since he injured his wrist. I also somewhat agree with some of the sentiment that Wojo isn't really executing as a coach in these late game scenarios, but I don't have a direct he needs to do this better as a coach kind of criticism. So 
I don't feel as confident in that take, I guess, or that analysis. I do kind of generally agree with the principle that if you have a good coach, uh, you win a lot of games down the stretch. But I do think you're still seeing some really good out-of-timeout plays from Wojo in certain scenarios. And I think a lot of what their late-game situation issues revolve around are just not making shots. And now a lot of them are sort of forces, and you could say, well, Wojo could do something to get them better shots. But he can't make the shots for them. And I think the team going inexplicably cold consistently down the stretch is not something that makes a lot of sense, especially since they've showed the ability to not do that um, on countless occasions throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, it was just like earlier in the year, we were talking about how good Wojo's gotten at game planning and in-game um, adjustments. Mm-hmm. And now we're back to the right after the Indiana debacle. Um, you know, we, we're right back to, well, can he do this? And so I don't know. It's it's tough to even put a finger on it. And I think that you're right. I think at the end of the day, shots that we think we're going to hit, that we have been hitting all year otherwise, that we've been comfortable taking and our good looks just aren't falling. And you can't game plan for shots not falling, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I and I think you can pretty much definitely see Marcus Howard not playing as well as he has in previous games. I think you can fairly you can fairly certainly look at that, look at these last four games and be like, yeah, I mean, he's not he's not playing his best. Um but yeah, I don't know. Um It, it it seems like the way that they are ending these games just by pushing a rock up a hill with their shooting, just kind of like throwing contested threes at the rim, there's something, something's not right in the atmosphere in, around the team. Um, whether that's coaching-related, player uh, health related, player chemistry related. I'm not. I can't really pinpoint it, but there's something in the chemistry, for lack of a better word, of the team right now that's not where it needs to be. Because yeah, that game yesterday, I, they don't lose that game usually. No. Um, if if if, th- if things click, we don't lose that game. We don't let the yeah, I mean, Miles Powell is hit, hitting wacky shots, um, and you can't do anything about that either at times um, for the Seton Hall game on Wednesday. But I just – like, those are two games they just don't lose um, if everything is right and well and clicking. And clearly, I thought at one point um, after Marquette beat Villanova and Nova sort of went on their little – three-game losing streak, I jokingly asked, like, did Marquette break Villanova? And the answer I got back was a resounding, nope, Villanova broke Marquette when we had to go there. And yeah. Nothing's, nothing's looked good since. Yeah, and I, and I do think yesterday's game was not as concerning 
as the previous ones because the turnovers were kept under rat under uh i mean best turnover game of the season for them see i i I think i disagree because we had it pinpointed um where it was like you know it took us turning the ball over 20 times and not hitting shots and the best effort ever from the villanova from jermaine samuels on villanova like it took all of these wacky factors for us to lose at six on the road. Yeah. Um, and then like we could do the same thing with uh, the Creighton game where we just handed them twenty free possessions. Right. And then you know, similarly with uh, Seton Hall, we couldn't hit shots. We handed them a bunch of free possessions, and then Miles Powell does stupid stuff. Yeah. Like it happened. Like I kind of think was- Akinjo and McClung did stupid stuff yesterday. Though. Yeah, I mean, Georgetown as a team shot, like, what, 50? They were 11 of 19 as a team the, from the three. The, foul, the fouls were out of control, too, and McClung and Akinjo were getting a lot of them at the end of the game, and that helped uh, Georgetown as well. I didn't think the – I didn't think – McClung was getting some weird calls that you wouldn't expect – that normally to happen and um you know just looking back at recent games the foul count was extremely high which is a an interesting factor um yeah i mean there were like at least you know seven or eight more fouls in that game uh than in the previous three so i thought that that took a lot of the air out of it um as well um, but yeah, I mean, well, Marcus Howard got in foul trouble again and that a lot of Marquette's sort of momentum offense where they just sort of, you know, close a deficit in, you know, three possessions. A lot of that revolves again on around Marcus Howard getting hot from beyond the arc and when he you know, has to sit for foul trouble. It always feels like it sort of takes the air out of that kind of comeback uh, in tight stretches like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, you're right in that it, it's it's a different feeling to not have one thing to point at and be able to be like turnovers. It, yesterday, they just shot the ball poorly and you can't, and they did it in a way that wasn't like, ah, just an off night. They did it in a way where, like, oh, these t- guys aren't confident enough to make these shots right now because they're losing so much. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you just got to hope at this point we get, yeah. um, the, what, the winner of Creighton and St. John's? No, DePaul and St. John's. I believe it's the winner Butler of and St. John's from what I saw yesterday. But Good Lord. Um, I think Butler finished last in the Big East. Um, no, I think that that's wrong. But I, I will. I'm pulling I'm, it up let's right go now. Look, uh, I have this very magical laptop in front of me. Yeah, that's the nice thing. Oh, you're right. It's DePaul. Um, so it's DePaul. Yeah, it's DePaul or St. John's. Um, I mean, we all know we don't want to see St. John's again. To um, to say that drawing St. John's at MSG in the first round isn't ideal would be rather understating it. Yes. Um, that is, I mean, that is very clearly the way, not the preference. 
Yeah, especially the way we're playing right now. We're just... Yeah, it's like... St. John's will slice us up if we're playing like we are I'm not right confident, now come Thursday. I'm not confident that Marquette could beat anyone except maybe DePaul, because I just don't think DePaul is that good, although they have been playing better lately. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to give the, them the worst matchup team in the conference forum in this stretch of play would just be... It, it, it would, you know, they don't really deserve anything off of a four-game losing streak, you can't really say, like, ah, we deserve a better situation when you go and play like they've played for the last four games. But it still feels harsh to be like, well, you're still the two-seed, but bad news. The team that's actually the third-best team in the conference but and is a really bad matchup for you just happened to finish seventh because everyone's so bunched together, so now you got to play them. That's a That's harsh. But that's the reality. I mean, and so Seton Hall and Georgetown, the team, two teams that most recently beat them, are on the other two teams on their side of the bracket. Um, and that, you know, I'm not confident in any of that. But I think the bigger point is I'm not confident in this team to sort of mentally find a victory at this point. Um if they can like hang on to a five seed or, or even a six seed, I still think they should be favored in the NCAA tournament first round, just because the team that they're going to end up going up against is going to either be like a limp in bubble team or like, I don't know. I mean, it might be, it might end up being like a good mid major auto bid, which, you know, could be problematic. if It's the right matchup, but I still think, Part of the mental edge is the Big East stuff. So, I mean, I still think Marquette's going to be favored to win the first round of the tournament. But, yeah, I mean, the real question is, you can't really expect this team to win, right? I mean, until they until they show that they can win again, you can't really expect them to win. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I mean, it's... It's wild that, um, you know, we, we had four losses four games ago and we're looking like a three seed swinging up maybe even to a two line if we kept winning. Um, and now we're not sure if Marquette will win another basketball game this year. So, yeah, and I, I mean, I... there are potential there are potentially two games left this season. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's nice knowing we have a spot in the tournament and we aren't bubbly and it's not, you know, we're not, we're not doing this stuff. That is pretty crazy, though, that all of a yeah. sudden, you know, we've been talking about for um, weeks, like, projecting how many postseason games that team's going to play to see whether Marcus will break the scoring record. And now it's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird mentality shift. It's almost a... It's almost a more healthy mentality going into the tournament for this Marquette team because this was probably going to happen in some form at some point down the stretch. I don't think it necessarily had to happen this way, but I think this team was going to slip up against inferior opposition at some point. Um, obviously now they're just continuously slipped up against inferior opposition, but 
I think expecting this team to be like doing the whole like, all right, is this a three seed? Um, who's our two? Can we, you know, fashion a way into this team being a Final Four team? Was always really uh, wishful thinking because I think now if you if you look at if you look at who the teams were that were around them when they were up in sort of the three four echelon, like Texas Tech, Purdue, LSU, Kansas, like those teams are those are really really well composed tough teams and I don't know Marquette's got a good roster but Marquette's also got four players that are consistent maybe you know so maybe Maryland and Mississippi State Villanova Virginia Tech Wisconsin range is more accurate anyway and the thought of okay, win a tough first round game, have a shot at an upset in the second round is a more realistic conversation to have about this team. Because, you know, they won a lot of close games consecutively against teams that at best went uh, 500 in the Big East. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. Um, it was, I guess it was just nice to be so positive. Oh, it was. It, oh, it was. It was. Man, that it, eight game stretch, and then the weeks before, uh, between then and that, and the start of this losing streak. You know where they beat Nova, um, and then just you know, won a couple, stockpiled a couple more wins, was great. Um, that was that was the best time to be a Marquette fan of the Wojo era for sure. But now that's over and this team is probably producing a more realistic um, some of its parts than it was before. However, I think you can look at a lot of people that are not playing well right now on this team and you can project um, how this team will play better if certain players are playing better. But, yeah, I just think with Marcus seemingly so detached right now from, you know, the flow of the offense, uh, it's a different team with him in there. He's still having turnover issues. He might be hurt. Um, it, Yeah, it's a weird... It's it's hard, I guess, to project this team to play better because right now it's like something bigger is wrong than game to game. Okay, they didn't do this well. That's why they lost. You know, you don't lose four games, three against teams that are not as good as you, and two in fairly fantastic home scenarios if there's not a bigger issue going on now i don't want to speculate again as to what that is but because i I'd, I'd like to think i'd know it if it was coaching but i also just keep seeing examples of great sets on offense for them so i know it's not 
you know, it's not that they don't have a pulse. Their coach doesn't have a pulse because there are very clear things that he's doing. Um, I just think there's just a general um, depression, for lack of a better word, around the team right now um, that is sort of dooming them late in these games because as I think the Seton Hall game is the one that really that stretch, the 18-0 stretch really has taken a lot out of this team because I don't think they have their confidence late in games anymore. And I think that a, a confident late game team would have won yesterday because there wasn't that much adversity because they weren't playing horribly. They just stopped making shots. And I think that that's more mental than anything, which is a tough fix. So I don't really know um, where this team goes from here, but I think that it's going to be hard to project them to do super well just because they're just winning one game right now feels like such a challenge. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a pretty good take for it. Um, probably put a put a pause in there, um, yeah. and we'll get we'll get right back to you guys. Do an ad um, there real quick. Um, yeah, and we'll uh, we'll be back um, right on the other side of this. All right, we're back. We're st- we're still sad. We're still sad. I'm still very very sad. Nothing's really changed um, in no. the last five seconds in between that ad. Um, FC Cincinnati tied up Atlanta. That's nice, I guess. Yeah. Oh, speaking of other sports things, the Badgers were were so dangerously close to blowing a 15 point. They did blow a 15 point lead with three and a half minutes left, but. They were so close to actually losing that game, um, but uh, they did not lose, um, even though they let Ohio State without their best player, um, and Ohio State, even with their best player, is a rather miserable offensive team, um, and still managed to erase a 15-point lead against a team that plays slow to avoid that kind of stuff. So anyway, that, that's a hell of a result. Um, some interesting, well, I guess, go ahead. Well, I was just say real quick, um, you know, we aren't sure if Marquette can get a win at any point after this, but, um, I wanted to talk real quick about the Big East tournament. Oh, sure. Um, so like we said, Marquette will be taking on the winner of St. John's and DePaul. Um, I would ex- assume St. John's wins that. Um, but I can not assume anything about this St. John's team anymore. I was going to say, the only reason why you can't assume that is because DePaul swept St. John's in the season series. Yeah, because literally nothing makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Butler plays Providence in the other first-round game on Wednesday. Nova gets the winner of that. Um, I would assume that Butler's the nine-seed, Providence is the eight-seed. Obviously a pretty big push. I would assume that... Butler wins that. I uh, I don't know. They've been terrible. Yeah, Butler. Butler's like Butler somehow just as conf- What? Butler. Yeah, Providence beat Butler. Um. Oh, beat the. 
yeah crap out of crush him, him at, yesterday at, so at hinkle yeah okay butler's kind of butler's dead in the water i think providence is gonna yeah. win that game because they have a better coach and aren't haven't like been assumed to be a possible tournament team until they've just cratered like butler has um i that's fair i would say um it's probably nova winning that game um nova gets the winner of creighton or the winner of what we're assuming will be nova beating butler and providence um nova nova gets the winner of creighton and xavier yeah xavier sneaking into a four seed um for the big east which is nuts um after they looked dead to rights yeah Um, and i was gonna i was gonna make a point about that i xavier's won six of seven I think if you if you were a a betting human being, you'd probably get pretty good odds on it. I think that's a place to look um, for sort of a sleeper winner to the Big East tournament. Um, now, if Najee Marshall can't come back, I think he is going to. He says he's day to day with this ankle injury. Um, but if he's back in their full strength, I mean, they stomped St. John's without him yesterday. So, like, I, man, nobody's playing better basketball than them right now. I'll, that's, that's what I'll say in the Big East. I think the safe pick to win the conference tournament would be Villanova. Um, but, and then I think the, the two that you would look at as potential sneaking you know under the radar would be xavier and seton hall in my opinion all right um i think that xavier does win that i think you're right um the the positive momentum has been great for them um and they finally looked like you know yeah considering who they did lose um from last year's team and the fact that it's a new coach and everything um they finally still they, they finally look like a really good basketball team. Um, there's been some muted talk about them and Georgetown being closer to the bubble than some people are comfortable with. But, um, I yeah, I think Xavier probably wins that. Um, Georgetown gets to play Seton Hall, which should be a very, very, very entertaining basketball game. Yeah, I mean, that um, game went to two overtimes uh, yeah. last weekend. So, uh, I mean, if, if Miles Powell does dumb things like he can do yeah um then that should be a pretty easy seton hall win but georgetown just tend to surprise people um i think georgetown's a lot better than their record shows uh which is saying something because their record's actually pretty decent yeah they have a lot of talent Um, it's just young yeah georgetown like next year and the year after that is going to be scary yeah i mean that backboard is terrifying it yeah. was terrifying to watch yesterday, and it's... Except, you know, for some reason, they got blown out at DePaul 101-69, to because yeah. nothing makes sense. Yeah, because it's um, So, I'll take Seton Hall in that. Um, and then, I mean, if we play St. John's again, I just don't think we can beat no them. No way. I think we're in our... Yeah. I think, I think we're in our own heads. Well, we can. Um, I think they're in, our, they're in our heads. Like, I think that... No. That's probably a game St. John's wins. Yeah, I mean, we Marquette would not Marquette would not be favored in that game. No, just I agree just simply that. would not be favored. And for the two seed to not be favored against the seven seed is a weird scenario, which is explained mostly by 
the four-game losing streak and the sweeps uh, from the season, plus St. John's being a semi-home team in that game. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that gives us Nova and Xavier on one side of the bracket, and then that gives us Seton Hall and St. John's on the other side. Um, man, I think I'm taking Nova. I, I think Nova's going to win the Big East Tournament. I think that's pretty, you know, dust off your hands. Yeah. Put, I mean, it's put that safe. One to rest. I'd say uh, I, I want to see what Ken, see if Ken Palm has tweeted the his projections yet. In case you didn't know, um, to those listening, Ken Palm tweets a projected uh, result table of every conference tournament once the seeds are finalized. Okay, so here's what Ken Palm says. Um, so this is a really interesting. This is really interesting. Uh, Ken Palm says Villanova is the favorite to win the ch- conference tournament and that they have a 28% chance to win. Um, which, That's wild. Which is a low number. I think I would say I was thinking that number was going to be closer to like 40. Um, now this is, this is where you wonder what his model is looking at here and whether it's the best because it probably factors in full season and not just mental exhaustion. But Marquette is number two on this list at 26%, which is really high in the circumstances. I bet if you like, and, you know, this is obviously all numbers-based. So I bet it makes sense if you factor in the full season. But I just don't know if factoring in the full season is the best way to analyze Marquette's chances in the Big East tournament right now. Um, and then Creighton actually ends up being the, the third choice here. Really? Yeah, which is a really interesting one uh, at 13%. Um, Seton Hall, fourth. Xavier fifth and St. John's sixth. Um, St. John's, I think, is severely their chances are underrated by the fact that they are only a sixty-four percent favorite against DePaul, um, which I think is partially partially informed by the fact that they've yet to beat DePaul this season. Um, if St. John's had a first-round bye, uh, aka making the top six. I think you would see that number be higher. I I think that's low on Xavier. I just think Xavier as a whole, you look at their entire season, I don't think it tells the story of what they are right now. And I think the same thing about Marquette. Um, so I think Nova is the safe choice uh, to win the tournament. I think if you want to go sort of lukewarm – uh, in a team that's pretty good, um, definitely pretty good, but would be a little bit of an upset for them to win it. I think Seton Hall is a good pick. And then if you really want to let it ride and go go on on a limb, I, I think Xavier, just given their momentum, the way every time they play, they seem to be really enjoying it. Um, I I think that that's, a, that's a, worth a look, at least. Um, Marquette, I mean... I don't think any Marquette fan ever goes into the Big East tournament expecting to win it. Just based on how year after year after year this team underwhelms in this tournament. I don't know what it is, but I don't remember so, a Big East tournament being successful as, as a fan. 
Yeah, um, I think you are right. Um, nothing about the Big East tournament has ever been comfortable with Marquette. Um, and so... It feels like anytime they come into the Big East tournament with an, like an, having accomplished something, that they just lose their first game. Like, yeah. the, ones, the times that they win games in the Big East tournament are when they're sort of, you know, under the radar and they get a decent first-round draw. But they, the, that quarterfinal game of the Big East tournament is just historically a huge issue for them. That's a pretty good point. Um, I, my brain has officially turned off because I am so very sad. Um, <laughs> oh, so, no. uh, I mean, I guess with that in mind, uh, you know, I, I think you're right. Betting man probably bets away from Marquette. Yeah. Um, and well, betting I, man prob- probably picks Noah. Here's the thing: so. if they go two and two in this stretch instead of four and four, oh and four, um, I still probably wouldn't pick them to win this thing, just because of based on how they never do it. Like, if if this was a less drastic scenario, I think their odds would be better, and I think I still would go away from it, just because I don't ever have confidence in this team in the Big East tournament. I yeah, I agree with that. Um. So yeah, that being said, I think we 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 lose uh, our first Big East game, and that probably puts us as a six seed, probably. Um, I seven? still no. I would say that they are still hanging on to a five seed right now. Um, the so the bracket matrix has them sort of hovering between five and six. Right. They're the the they're the third of four, or they're the second of four five seeds right now some of these brackets don't update frequently right yeah it'll be a real test you know if they they might move farther down the the matrix on on monday when a lot of these update um yeah i think that yeah seven's too much um but they're probably square on the five six cut line. yeah i think that's fair because i think in general um it's the impact of conference tournament on seeding unless you go on a heater um, and win like four games in four days. Um, I think it's overrated. I think saying like, oh, they're going to take another bad loss. I just think like unless you really do a lot in your conference tournament um, one way or another, um, you end up kind of getting – getting about what you were at the end of the season. Now, I think the only thing you could say about in Marquette's case is they've been so bad for two weeks now that it, the, the committee might be like, this team has absolutely nothing going right now. Why would we give them any sort of good seating? That would be the one. That'd be the one argument. I'd be like, okay, the conference tournament showing another loss without a win could actually impact them because it's just like you look at a team that's lost five games in a row going into the tournament. That's such a rare. Um, that's so rare that you get a team into the tournament super comfortably on a five-game losing streak. 
um, that I maybe the committee would look at that and be like, ah, oh, this team, they're netting, they're netting uh, analytics stuff has been a little lower than their rankings have been most of the season. Maybe this team is actually not as good as we think it is. But, um, again, so my general point is that I don't end up worrying too much about conference tournaments making a huge impact negatively. Um, but, you know, we shall see. Um, I don't think talking about Marquette's seeding right now is any sort of, like, productive conversation. I think... It's probably not good for my... Uh... Yeah. Marquette-induced uh, mental health, either. Yeah, I just, like, this team's just got to win a game before you can really analyze anything. they got to show that they're not just, like, hopelessly mired mentally. Like, they've got to... They've got to perk up and be like, oh, no, we can actually beat a somewhat competent basketball team right now. We're just kind of... We're just going through a funk. Until they snap out of it, you can't really put any expectations on them. And unfortunately, this is expectation season. This regular season is over. This is, all right, how are you going to do season? And trying to have that conversation about a team that was largely great for most of the year and is now just inexplicably bad is just so difficult. Well, at least you're the voice of reason. Well, I try. I mean, gosh, what do you even say about this right now? It's just so bad. I don't even like, I feel bad just for everything going on around the program. Just any, everybody involved, I feel bad because I don't think it's really like, I don't think anyone's really not putting in the work or whatever. Like, I don't think there's like, ah, this person's lazy or ah, this person is not doing their best. I just think it's, it's just immensely frustrating for everyone involved. I'm sure the players can't, you know, Stop thinking about how annoying it is. I'm sure the coaching staff absolutely hates it. And obviously the fan base is just kind of apoplectic right now. Um, and it's just like I, I I want them to be I want them to be good. I think, you know, our, our podcast with Andy um, after the Nova game where we were talking about like how he had laid out all these expectations for them and they'd really achieved it so far. And I think that that was sort of the overall fan base mentality of like, yeah, we're good now. Like, you know, the last four years have sucked, but we're, we're back. Um, and now it's like, I don't even know what to make of it. It's just like you took the air out of the balloon three weeks before the payoff. Yeah. Um, you know, for as good as we were, <laughs> This really feels like this almost this is this has been a good basketball season. Oh, I'm trying great. to rationalize how I'm going to say this. This has been a very good basketball season. Um, you know, and Marquette is a pretty good basketball team this year. Um and I don't ever remember feeling like this in other seasons in the Wojo era. Really. Yeah. Um we were never this combination of good and somehow doing inexplicable things to lose us basketball games. And it's, it's almost more rough than like being like the, the, the first Wojo year and just being bad. Um, you know, 
Well, I mean, it's, it's like it's you know, it's the it's the loved and lost theory, really. If if to use a meta- metaphor that doesn't really always match up there, but it's like the reason that this sucks more is because they were good and now they're not. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I my my the rational part of my brain is just definitely uh, going to sleep. So yeah, and I I think we can wrap it up. Um, on that note, um, I will say uh, another great win for the Wofford Terriers today. Um, America's team uh, is one game away from clinching a uh, spot in the uh, NCAA tournament, which I will be uh, awaiting. I- I'm really hoping for Wofford Furman tomorrow night just for some uh, fun uh, spotlight. Some of these, I mean, these conference tournament games have been great i don't know how many you've watched but like yeah i was watching some of the stuff from today i mean Um, liberty lipscomb was fantastic um yeah that was very good um bradley you and i wasn't that high quality of a game or as far from as far as uh how good those teams are but it was a massive comeback yeah um so i guess to wrap it up uh, there's there's good basketball on even when Marquette's not playing, um, so watch the good basketball. Yeah, um, and I don't know. Your brain. Maybe Marquette can find good basketball again. But otherwise, we're, we are all Wofford. Yes, yeah. yes. If if Marquette is eliminated in the first round, uh, Wofford, um, I will be, I will become the sister gene of Wofford basketball. Yes. Hoping I... hoping beyond belief that they make a magical run. Um, although after Loyola Chicago used up all the magic last year, I'm not sure um, if that's likely, but I'm hoping beyond hope because I, I very much into that team this year, but otherwise uh, enjoy March. Uh, don't let, if you are a big basketball fan, don't let Marquette doing what they're Dictate doing. Your right emotional now. health. Yeah. Enjoy. Trust me. Enjoy the good basketball. Watch, watch Virginia set screens on offense. Let that, let that wash over you. And hopefully Zion Williamson comes back and starts dunking on people again. And all of that. Um, you know, it happens. is the most wonderful time of the year. And so it, it really as is. bad as it's been, um, you know, we are lucky to get to witness college basketball. So um, enjoy it. Like we said last time, um, this has been a good season. I'm not going to try and talk you off the ledge anymore because I have been doing that with myself. But, you know, wherever, however it ends is how it ends. Um, and enjoy college basketball in the meantime. Wholeheartedly agree. See you guys next time. <laughs>